Yes, everybody, welcome back. Jacob Turner here, as always, with a brand new episode of the Carolina Talk Podcast. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. Recording this one on Wednesday, we put out on Wednesday as well. So hump day, had to come back with another podcast. Uh, This is episode two of season two of the Carolina Talk Podcast. Uh, Before we get into it, get into today's topics, I want to go ahead and plug all the social medias, where to follow us, where to check us out. Uh, Most importantly, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Carolina Talk Pod. Also follow myself on Twitter at Jacob Turner, T-H-I, and follow Tar Heel Illustrated on Twitter as well at Heel Illustrated. Also check out uh, TarHeelIllustrated.com. And check out the uh, Tar Heel Illustrated YouTube. You can just search Tar Heel Illustrated on, on YouTube and you'll find us there. You should be the first channel that pops up in the search box. And uh, we've revamped the YouTube, putting out some really good videos, um, good content, all the interviews you want to see you can find on there. Every interview from every practice will be on there as well as analysis uh, and other stuff. So you can see some highlights on there as well from practices. So a ton of content over there. But that's it for the plugins. Let's go ahead and dive into... Uh, the topic of discussion today, and I think w- what we're going to start with is the quarterbacks. I know we really focused on that on the on the last episode, uh, which came out last week. Be sure to listen to that one have, if you haven't already. Um, but we got a chance to talk to Sam Howe, Kate Fortin, and Jace Reuter yesterday on Tuesday for the first time this fall camp. So we need to dive into that and kind of discuss what was said uh, between the three of them. Um, but also, I want to just kind of break down the offense as a whole. Going to talk a little bit about the O-line position. Uh, who the probable starters are right there right now. Also talk about the running back group. I got a bold prediction for that group, which I think you'll want to hear in a little bit. And we'll, if we have time, uh, depending on how far we go, I want to keep this within 20, 25 minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll also sit down and, and discuss the wide receiver group a little bit as well. But guys, let's dive into what we heard yesterday um, from all three quarterbacks. Uh, like I said, first time talking to him this fall camp. First guy we talked to was Cade Fortin. Uh, had some good things to say. Well, I think the biggest takeaway from Cade Fortin's interview was his faith. He talked a lot about his faith and how before fall camp started, he, he was nervous. He was a little bit nervous to jump in here. He felt like fall camp was a reset time for him, which makes me believe that maybe he was the guy that Mac Brown was talking about in the spring when he mentioned um, that he felt like one of the three guys maybe was a little bit further behind the other two. So I think that was probably Fortin based on what we've heard now, um, putting the pieces together. I can't confirm that, uh, but that was kind of me and AJ's um, prediction and, and ta- biggest takeaway from Cade Fortin's interview. But Phil Longo said it last uh, earlier this week on Monday that he felt that Cade Fortin had the biggest arm. He also talked about how Jace Reuter was the best athlete out of them, which means kind of best with his legs, best with, best with his feet, and then Sam Howe, uh, was kind of the best of both worlds, uh, decent athlete, decent with his feet, and, and a good throw of the ball as well. So, uh, Cade Fortin's interview, though, I, like I mentioned, his faith, he talked a lot about his faith in God and having to, to really look into that, to come into fall camp with confidence and, and not be nervous about the battle that was going on. But a uh, really nice kid, a good interview. Um, didn't have a, a ton to say. We didn't really get a ton out of any of those guys. Uh, I think Fortin was – we got a chance to interview him last year after the – state game I believe uh, and that was the first time we really got to talk to him and he's always been a, a nice kid always don't get a ton out of him he's kind of quiet doesn't say it too too much but it was good to just hear him talk about his faith and and, and kind of open up a little bit and talk about 
how you know it, i mean he's he's an 18 19 year old kid of course he's going to be nervous uh, coming into such a big battle like this and i think he's done a good job and and from what i've seen from the open practices we've got to watch i've been impressed with what i've seen from Cade Fortin um i, I don't think i've I don't think the coaching staff has had any reason, at least from what I've seen, to consider him further behind than any of the other guys right now. I think Fortin's done a, a good job so far in fall camp, and it is tied like everybody's kind of mentioned. All we've heard is really how close this QB battle is and how nobody's really separating themselves. And I think Cade Fortin uh, has done himself plenty of favors and, and has definitely not hurt his stock in terms of being the starting quarterback. And when you, when you hear Phil Longo come out and say he's got the biggest arm I think that bodes well for him, and maybe that's what he's looking for in a quarterback. I mean, when it comes down to it, we don't really know what this coaching staff wants. When I think of a Mac Brown quarterback, I always think of a guy who can not only throw the ball, but can get out of the pocket with his feet when needed as well. So I think Cade Fortin, um, if they're looking for a guy, if they're looking for the guy with the biggest arm, I mean, he's going to be the guy who starts. So um, Cade Fortin got a good interview, got nothing too crazy to take away from it, but like I said, I don't think he's hurt his stock at all through fall camp, and I think he's got just a, as good a shot as the other two at earning that starting position uh, come August 31st. But second guy we got to talk to was Jace Reuter. Um, he was rocking the Fu Manchu mustache, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I digged it. I liked it. Uh, adding a little character, a little flair, bringing a little little bit of that razzle-dazzle uh, to the facial hair and to the offense with, with that, with that uh, Fu Manchu mustache. But uh, you know, Jace, he had some good things to say as well. I think Jace uh, is also a really nice kid, really good kid. I think he's probably the most confident of the three, maybe. He seemed not cocky at all. I think Sam Howe's very confident. Cade Fortin was a little bit more nervous, I think, in front of the camera, um, which is fine. It has nothing to do with him as a player. There's nothing against him at all. He's just probably the ner- most nervous out of the three. Um, but Jace Reuter was extremely confident kid. Um, the biggest thing that stood out with me, though, is just his physique. He's a big kid. I've said it from day one last year that Jace Reuter reminds me of Mitch Trubisky. And I'm not comparing, before y'all try to say anything, you say, oh, Jake's on here comparing, saying that Jace Reuter is just as good as Mitch Trubisky. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Jace Reuter, physique-wise, reminds me a lot of Trubisky uh, when Trubisky was a sophomore. Trubisky came in, was not the biggest kid, but after about a year in the gym, um, two years in the gym, really, you could kind of see, man, Trubisky's a big kid. He's, he's, he's gotten a lot bigger. But the thing about Jace Reuter is he kind of came in pretty big, and he's uh, continuing to, to chisel out and, and get even bigger, get even stronger. I know he walked past me after the interview yesterday, and, and that was the biggest thing that stood out was just his physique and how big he is, how big his arms are, how tall he is. Because Cade Fortin's a big kid. Cade Fortin's a tall guy, probably weighs just as much as Jace Reuter, but he's not quite as chiseled and not quite as, as fit-looking as Reuter is, and it's just different body types more than anything. I guarantee you um, they're both strong kids. I mean, I think there's no doubt about that when you look at him. But the biggest thing for me that stood out about Reuter is just his physique. And I think that bodes well for him going forward because he looks like, out of those three guys, he looks like the guy that could take hits the most and, and, and deal with blows the best. And I think that's why Phil Longo said he's the best athlete because he is the best guy with his feet. That's really a no-brainer. We saw him run a little bit last year including that drive against Georgia Tech where he literally lowered his shoulder and ended up breaking his collarbone and still managed to finish the drive and throw a touchdown pass, what, probably three plays later at the most. So Jace Rudy is a tough kid. He's a gamer. He's got the body type and the legs to do it. He's also got a good ball on him as well. I think he's not the strongest thrower. I'd say out of those three, he's, I mean, it's very tight. Fortin's the biggest. I'd say between him and Howe, I'd say 
Howe might be a little bit better of a thrower, but Reuter's got a cannon on him too. They're all really good with the ball in their hands. So Reuter to me is, if you're looking for a physical guy, if you're looking for the guy that looks the most like an ACC caliber level, level starting quarterback right now, just physique-wise, body type-wise, it's Jace Reuter for me uh, without a question. Now, that doesn't mean he'll start. For me, Jace Reuter and Sam Howe are the guys, I said in the last podcast, that I would roll with, and I think that will ultimately be the two that are battling out for the spot. But, I mean, Cade Fortin, I can't rule him out either. I really just think it's a it's a three-horse race. It's wide open right now, and it's really extremely hard to call who's going to end up getting that starting position um, and, and over the next couple weeks. But Jace Reuter, to me, confident kid, big kid, guy that really looks the part, guy that brings a little bit of that confidence and kind of swagger to the position. Um, so I think that bodes well for him going forward as well. But like I said, we don't get to watch him in practice every day. So I don't really can only really speculate how that uh, battle is going and can just give my opinions on it. But uh, last guy we talked to was true freshman Sam Howe. Um, Howe, the shortest of the three, probably the not probably the least strongest out of the three. He's not a weak kid by any means. He's still a pretty big kid, especially for a true freshman. Uh, enrolled in January, so you give him another year in the weight room, and this time next year, I mean, it'll probably be night and day what he looks like. But Hal, to me, definitely has a confident and quiet swagger about him as well. Um, it was kind of his first time in front of the media, his first time with that many media members. There was probably 20 of us around him, and he did a great job. He wouldn't have thought he was a true freshman in his first interview. Obviously, he was number two player in the class, uh, Gatorade National Player of the Year last year as a senior. Got awarded the um, USA Today, AP, and Charlotte Observer North Carolina Offensive Player of the Year Award last year. So, I mean, he's just a kid that racked up all the accolades uh, in the 2019 class in the state of North Carolina. And he's a guy that should be confident. You can understand why he has that confident swagger and, and quietness about him. That I think he's more of a guy that probably lets his game do the talking a little bit more than he's a vocal leader. And I'm saying that mainly because he's young. I think he's a guy that will have to grow into that more out of the three but for me Sam Howe one thing the coaching staff I think I might have mentioned on the last podcast as well one thing the coaching staff has said about him is they don't really remind him of Brett Favre they think he's almost like a Brett Favre 2.0 I've compared him to Baker Mayfield I think that's more of a for me that's a more accurate comparison just because Brett Favre played so long ago the game's changed so much since then I think he's more of a Baker Mayfield like guy I remember putting out a video I want to say it was the day he committed to Carolina so eight months, nine months ago now, um, where I literally put highlights of Mayfield and him in high school side by side. And it was it was almost hard to tell which was which just because of their playing style, their ability to get out of the pocket and throw the ball. And like like I said and mentioned earlier, Longo said that, Ruder, uh, not Ruder, excuse me, Howe's kind of the best of both worlds. He's a good thrower and he's also good with his feet. So I think that, that bodes well for him because like I've mentioned many a times, when I think of a Mac Brown offense, I think of a quarterback that can run and throw the ball, and that's how. That, that's that's what you get in Howell, and he's the best out of those three guys at doing that. So for me, Howell, like I mentioned, Howell and Reuter are the two that stand out the most. I think they're the two that are going to ultimately have the best opportunity to win the starting job, but if I had to give my prediction, I think Howell ends up starting at some point during the season. I just think it's tough to bring in a guy like him it's tough to to bring in a guy as highly recruited as him, true freshman. He's your main guy in the 19 class, and you don't play him or at least don't give him every opportunity to start. It seems like that's Mac Brown's guy. But 
we'll just have to see how things pan out. I mean, based on his interview, he said it, it was a little bit slow of an adjustment for him adjusting to the speed of play in the spring. He said that was tough for him, but he says he's fully adjusted now. He also mentioned how it's a really friendly quarterback competition. Um, guys are it's not a one where guys are out there getting mad at each other or talking trash to each other it's I mean like Hal said he he basically came out and said we just want what's best for the team us three so whoever wins the job is who is is the starter and we'll support him no matter what so it's good to hear from that because you want guys out there obviously competing and going at each other but you want it to be a healthy competition too you don't want their, their teammates when it comes down to it first and foremost so you definitely want guys out there who are you know competing on a daily basis, trying as hard as they can, trying to impress the coaches as much as they can, but also supporting each other. And that's what Howell came out and pretty much said. So Sam Howell, good interview. For me, I think everybody, all three of the kids came out and had some really positive things to say. They all didn't give us a ton, which is what we expected. It was very vanilla for the most part. I think Fortin, like I mentioned about his faith, was a good little insight and tidbit into that. Um, I think Ruder coming out and I think Ruder probably said the least out of the three, at least in my opinion. Um, this is not a bad thing. I just think Ruder, the few times we have had the opportunity to interview him over the past year or so, um, he's never really had a ton to say. And I think that's not always a bad thing at the quarterback position too, because you're the most scrutinized and praised guy on the field. So I think it's sometimes good to keep those cards close to your chest. And then Sam Howe, um, impressed with what he did in his first interview and had some good things to say, gave some good insight into his, him adjusting to the to the college level and some of the problems he had early on with that. But from what I've seen from all three of those guys in the limited practice time we've had, I've been impressed with all three of them. And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't want to be the guy that has to choose out of those three, who the starter is going to be. That's, that's going to be a tough decision for the coaching staff. And I don't think we'll, we'll get a decision uh, even before the first game. That's my prediction at least, but I mean, things can change quickly and hopefully none of those three guys get injured. Shouldn't be a problem in preseason because those guys aren't getting hit like that. But we we'll just have to wait and see how things pan out. Now, let's go ahead and move on to a, another offensive uh, position group. Let's go ahead and talk about the O-line. What I'm really going to do with them is I, I think I've, from what I've seen in practice, I can kind of give up a, a starting position and start this, the five starters on that O-line right now, if I had to guess and, and give my prediction for that. Um, obviously, you're going to see Charlie Heck and Jordan Tucker at those at tackle positions. I think that's where you're likely going to see them. Um, now, on which side, I'm not sure yet. I've seen Jordan Tucker running his left guard. I've also seen Heck running his left guard as well. So I'm not really sure exactly where those are going to pan out. I know Heck played right guard last year, but from what I've heard, he seems to have been making that switch to left guard over the past few weeks. But I've seen them both run at each position. So it is kind of hard to tell where they're ultimately going to end up. But if I had to guess right now, those are the two guys that are going to start for sure in uh, Jordan Tucker and Charlie Heck. Then you got Polino and Montillas at the guard positions. Montillas has been running with the ones, and obviously Polino being the other center, uh, senior excuse me, alongside Heck. Now, Polino did play center position a lot during the spring, but Brian Anderson stepped up and looks to be the starter there right now. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to stick like that. I mean, things can really change. Injuries can happen. Hopefully, they don't, but... Right now, you got Jordan Tucker, Charlie Heck at the tackles, Polino and Montillas at the guard positions, and uh, Brian Anderson at center. Now, Billy Ross has also been getting a lot of reps. Uh, he's been doing some good things in camp. We got a chance to talk to him last week. Uh, good interview. Um, confident kid, West Virginia kid. 
Um, seems to have a really high level of grittiness and in, 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 in kind of just meanness to him, which I think is what you need at that O-line position. But it's this extremely young group when you look at it. We've only got two seniors out of the whole offensive line group right now, which is kind of crazy to think about when you, when you sit back and, and really kind of digest that, which is good for the future of Carolina. And it is good that they have Heck and Polino down there as leaders of these groups, but they're going to be relied on heavily. They're going to play a ton of snaps this year. But I think right now this O-line looks good. I like what I've seen from Ed Montillas so far in camp. Um, he's a guy that, just from interviewing him from the spring, he's grown up a lot. He's more confident in front of the camera. He's a little bit more talkative. He's kind of a quiet kid in general. But from what I've seen with him and from what I've heard from his teammates, they've been very, very impressed with what they've seen from Ed Montillas. And it'll be interesting to see how that position continues to develop as well. But... Uh, I think the O-line's in good hands. I think the biggest question mark right now, which I mentioned in on the Tar Heel, you can, you can catch me on the Heel Tough blog podcast with Anthony Pagnotta. Be sure to check that out and give that a listen. You can find that on my Twitter. I mentioned this yesterday, threw in some good tidbits in there as well that uh, I won't mention on here, so you'll have to go listen to that one to, to get some insight on some things I've heard um, going on around uh, the football team and, and some things I've heard from the coaching staff. But Brian Anderson for me is probably the biggest question mark on this O-line. I'm, he's done well. He's done a really good job of stepping up into that center position, which I think was pretty wide open um, coming into the fall. I think it was up for anybody to really step in there and take a hold of. And I think Brian Anderson right now is running with the ones and has done a good job in there. From what I've heard, um, he, he's done a, a fantastic job in fall camp of, of kind of making that position his own. I mean, arguably that's the most important position on the O-line. So you got to have a, a center you can really rely on and, Right now, I know he's still young, but I think Brian Anderson has done a great job of stepping in there uh, and, and, like I said, just making that position one that he said, hey, I'm going to be the starting center. I'm, I'm going to win this job. I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity in front of him. That's all you can really ask for from a young kid like him. So, like I mentioned, Tucker, Heck, Polino, Montillas, and Anderson, the starting five for me on the line right now. Carolina's got some good depth down there as well. Uh, Joshua Zudu. Billy Ross, to name a couple, and and there's some other guys down there that are just escaping my mind right now uh, that I think will they'll have a good chance to come in and play some significant minutes as well because you obviously need depth at offensive line position um, throughout the season, especially in an air raid offense, high-tempo offense. I thought one interesting thing to hear from Mac Brown, his press conference, is he said that the O-line all lost weight during the, the spring, which is obviously designed, I guess, in this offense you need a – Guys who can get up and down the field a little bit better and can be quick because it's played at such a high tempo. I mean, the signals were only called in once. I know Larry Fedora's offense was quick more towards the beginning of his tenure than it was towards the end. But um, I think with Phil Longo and what we've heard from the offensive guys, this is like night and day uh, when you th- comparing the speed from from what Fedora ran and, and what Longo is going to run here um, in the first season at Carolina. And that's one of the most exciting things I'm – looking forward to seeing really is just seeing the offense in this system, seeing how fast it runs and seeing these wide receivers. Cause Carolina's got a, a talented group of receivers. You got Bo Corrales, Deami Brown, Toe Groves, um, Daz Newsom, even guys like Emory Simmons have stepped up. Roscoe Johnson will play uh, some significant minutes. Uh, Corey Bell Jr. Has, has made that switch from, from cornerback to wide receiver and done some really nice things from what we've heard. And so I think Carolina's got a ton of talent down there at the wide receiver position. And if they can get a quarterback in there who can step in, I mean, you look at the O-line group, the wide receiver group, 
the quarterback group, and not to mention the running back group, which is Carolina's best group on the team, not even close in my opinion. I mean, this offense has a chance to do some really, really good things, and I think it just relies on finding a starting quarterback that can not only step in and play, but can step in and lead the team as well because that's arguably even more important. I mean, you got to produce on the field. Mac Brown said all he's looking for in his starter is somebody who can get down the field and score touchdowns. Pretty simple when you think about it. Um, but more importantly than that, you got to have a guy that the guys around you trust and a guy that brings confidence uh, to his teammates as well at that quarterback position because it's just such an important position for any team. I mean, that goes without saying. But, yeah, that's the O-line. That's how the O-line position is looking for me right now. And I think the O-line position is shouldn't be – uh, at least in the starting five, there shouldn't really be a worry there. I think more of it comes down to the depth just because it's a ton of young guys. But there is some guys in there that I think will do a dr- great job stepping in and will have to play some significant minutes this year. But it'll, it still remains to be seen who the, in particular those guys will be. Let's, let's turn to the running back group real quick, and then we'll go ahead and end it after that. But focus on the running back position. I just mentioned it. I think it's Carolina's deepest position group on the team. I think it's the spot that Carolina has the best talent from starter to third string. I mean, you think that Javante Williams is could likely be the third string guy. It's pretty crazy. He's arguably one of the most talented guys out of those three. It's just he has Marco Carter and Antonio Williams, more experienced guys and good running backs as well ahead of him. But I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast and I'm making a bold prediction for this group. And my bold prediction right now is, no disrespect to Antonio Williams. I think he's a great running back, and I think he's going to see a lot of time uh, this year at the at the running back position. But my prediction is I think Javante Williams, by the end of the season, gets more reps than Antonio uh, Williams does and is a little bit more productive than Antonio Williams does, is or, or can be. I think the reason I say that is Mac Brown has spoke so highly of Javante since he came in. He spoke so highly of Michael Carter as well. Hasn't really mentioned Antonio too much. And I think when you look at it, Antonio transferring in, being a senior this year. Then you've got Javante, who's just a sophomore, and he's going to be your future guy with Michael Carter being a junior. And if Michael Carter has a good year, he could end up leaving for the NFL. That's a distinct possibility. Mac Brown said that he asked about one of the guys. I can't remember who the other guy was, but when he first got the job, uh, Mac said that Michael Carter was one of the guys that he asked about. Is he still around? Is he still on this team? Because he just loved watching him uh, over his first few seasons at Carolina. So, I think ultimately Javante might end up getting more reps. That's the prediction I'm going to put out there. Like I said, no disrespect to Antonio at all. I think he's a great player, and I hope he proves me wrong and, and has a super productive year. And I hope they all have a super productive year, but that's just my bold prediction. I like to you know mix it up a little bit. You got, you got to have a little controversy. You got to see how things shake out. But breaking down this running back group, Michael Carter is your starter, and I think it's a battle between Antonio and Javante to see who's the number two guy and gets the most rep. But, I mean, you got a one, two, three punch with these guys. Any of them could start at pretty much any team in the ACC, in my opinion, maybe besides Clemson. But Michael Carter is kind of that more elusive guy, the guy that can get around the end very quick, um, not really a hard-nosed runner, a bruiser like Antonio and Javante. It's mainly because of his body size and quickness more than anything. But Aaron Crawford mentioned last week, uh, last weekend, excuse me, that Michael Carter was the toughest guy to to tackle. I asked him, you know, who's who's the toughest to guard out of those three? And he he said they're all really good. They're all tough to bring down. But he said Michael Carter is a little bit more shiftier, a little bit harder to to guard in the open field, and a little bit quicker than the three, and probably a little bit faster in overall speed as well. And like I said, Michael Carter's got a chance to really have a breakout season in this offense. And with the O line, I think he'll have in front of him with the weapons he'll have around him. 
I mean, you're not going to be able to just guard one guy. Some of the problems uh, Carolina faced over the past few years is they just didn't have a ton of playmakers, and they didn't have a guy to get them the ball. They're not going to have that problem this year. they got playmakers at the wide receiver position. They've got playmakers um, at the quarterback position, and they they for sure have playmakers at the running back position as well. That's why I think it's going to be so much fun to watch this offense uh, in 2019. But Michael Carter, your starter for me, and then it's a battle between Javante and Antonio to see who steps up in that position. I, I ultimately think Antonio is going to be more of your maybe third down power running back, maybe a guy that you throw in on third and short, a guy that maybe you run it with up the middle on first and on first and 10. I don't know if necessarily in this offense if you're going to see a ton of runs up the middle. Uh, I think you will see some, obviously, but I think you're also going to see a lot of runs around the end and into space, which I think will bode a little bit better for Michael Carter and Javante because I think they're a little bit a, be- a little bit better in the open field and making guys miss and have a little bit more breakaway speed than Antonio does. But, I mean, when you think about it, you've got three different kinds of runners. you got kind of very similar to the, the quarterback position. You've got Michael, who's probably the best athlete, probably the quickest, most shiftiest out of those three. You've got Antonio, who's the biggest, probably the biggest bruiser. The biggest, He's definitely the biggest guy out of those three. And it's probably going to be more of that power running back. And you've got Javante, who, like Sam Howell, the quarterback position, a young guy who I think is the best of both worlds. I think he's really good in space. He's quick. He's fast. But he's also a pretty big kid, too. He's like in between Michael Carter and Antonio in size. And I think by the time Javante's a senior, he might ultimately end up being bigger than Antonio is right now. But I really like what I've seen from that position. I really like the depth. And not only depth, but the, the quality depth. I think you have to have... It's one thing to have guys back there. It's one thing to have three running backs it's, it's great to have legs but if you've got only one that's talented and two that aren't it doesn't really mean much that number one guy is the guy who's going to go out there and play the most because he's the most talented and that's what you have to have it at this level the coaching staff has mentioned it so much times but Longo mentioned it on Monday especially he said we're going to make sure that the most talented guys on this offense get the ball and that's what it should be Larry, one of the criticisms I had of Larry Fedora was sometimes it just seemed like he didn't give his his talented players the ball enough and it really didn't make no sense or any sense, excuse me. And I think fans started to realize that as well, and and kind of say, well, I mean, why? Like one of the biggest things for me was Elijah Hood a couple years ago. He was one of the most talented running backs Carolina's had, and it just seemed like he never really got the ball. And I think that's one of the reasons he ultimately ended up leaving early because I don't think he was ready for the league when he did. But he just wasn't being utilized properly at Carolina. But I don't think you'll have a problem with this staff spreading the love in the running back group but to the wide receiver position as well because there's just a ton of talent everywhere and I'm excited to really see how this running back group blossoms they really need in my opinion they really need to have a big year to take some of the pressure off of the quarterback because it's going to be a young quarterback no matter who it is and to take some pressure off the wide receiver position because Lonnie Galloway's mentioned it Phil Longo's mentioned it a few times um, they'd like to have about 12 to 14 guys they can trust at that wide receiver position just because of how multiple this offense is and how many, how quick it moves and how many wide receiver sets. I mean, you'll see three to four guys out there a lot most of the time. So I think they've mentioned they have about 10 or 12 right now they feel comfortable playing. So two or three more in, in, in this offense would be ideal. But there's a ton of playmakers all over this offense, especially at the running back position. And if this running back group can really come out Michael Carter can rush for over 1,000, and maybe one other guy can rush for over 1,000. I mean, you could see all three guys in a perfect world rush for over 1,000 yards if this offense clicks on all cylinders like it can because Phil Longo said many a times 
when you think of an air raid, you think of a guy that throws the ball a lot. That's that's not how it is. Phil Longo said from day one that if we run in the ball and defense is not stopping it, that's what we're going to do. We're not just going to throw the ball because we're in an air raid. We're going to do what the what the defense is not stopping. We're going to do what we, we can do best on any given day. And that's good to hear. And hopefully those words are, are put into action on, on game days because you can say whatever you want in the offseason, but until it's actually put into place in a game-like situation – uh, it's still up in the air whether or not the offense will be run in that type of way. But running back group is, is very talented. I'm really excited to see how they perform this year, and I'm expecting big, big things out of that group this year. And like I said, I'm thinking Javante is going to have a really breakout campaign, and I think he ends up sneaking some minutes from Antonio. And, hey, you never know. Maybe he sneak, sneak some minutes and some reps from, from Michael Carter as well. But Michael Carter's dealt with his, with his fair share of injury problems over the past few seasons like Pretty much everybody on this team, you won't see those injury problems this year, knock on wood. But Michael Carter being a little bit smaller in stature, uh, being a guy that's going to get a lot of touches, not only uh, out of the backfield, but also uh, in open space. And, and it will end up you know, kind of playing a little bit of receiver, kind of like that Christian McCaffrey type role in mold where he can go out and run a route and get the ball as well. I think that's where he's best utilized. Uh, you never know what can happen. So that's my prediction going into this season with Javante Williams. But we'll see how things pan out. Um, getting closer and closer to the season every day. Like I said, Target Illustrated, myself, Andrew Jones, we'll be there every day covering the team in some capacity. We don't miss a single practice. The Tar Heels obviously off today. They usually get off about every Wednesday right now during fall camp. So I'm sure they're getting some much-needed rest, and uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow in Chapel Hill to see how this team is continuing to develop. But that's going to do it for me, guys. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, like I mentioned earlier, at Carolina Talk Pod. Be sure to follow me at Jacob Turner THI and be sure to go to HeelIllustrated.com. Check out our YouTube channel. Um, just search Heel Illustrated there, Tar Heel Illustrated, and you'll be able to find it on YouTube. Um, just continue to follow us. Continue to check us out. We work really hard to, to bring you content. We work really hard to, to pump things out every day and really analyze this team and give you the best continuous coverage that we can. So thank you all for listening. It means a ton. Be sure to follow us on all those social media sites. Be sure to check us out. You listen to this podcast on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this just about everywhere. So be sure to like it. Be sure to rate the podcast. Give us a good rating. Share this podcast. Let's get it out there. And as always, I appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Later. Later.